welcome to the Goddess Tarot Society podcast, Bianca. I am so blessed to have you on here with us today. You're an extra special guest because you are the person that fully introduced me to the tarot after I heard some signs and synchronicities from the universe when we met at the glorious yoga teacher training in Bali. I think we both learned something totally different (laughs) other than yoga going to the retreat. In this episode, we'll dive into the high priestess. It was yourself that was always telling me that you can relate people to the archetypes of the major arcana. So you're part of the inspiration for this podcast as well. Um, So we'll just start off um as we'll be talking about the high priestess today we'll just start off by saying why is it that you love the tarot what got you started um right back at the beginning yeah well first and foremost happy to be here (laughs) so yeah it's been so beautiful to watch your journey unfold um so yeah it's an honor and i'm so proud of you so that being said um Wow, I have been into all forms of magic and interested in the divine and um, the mystical, esoteric teachings ever since I can remember. Um, My dad was really big into alchemy and my mom had an altar growing up. And so it's always been something that I've been aware of. And my dad always was like, magic is real, you know, believe in the things that you believe in, lead with your heart and question everything. And so I kind of had a pretty magical existence and it was really encouraged to explore those parts. But I didn't really get into it in my personal practice. I mean, I read a lot of like Harry Potter and I read a lot of like crystal books and, (laughs) you know, all those things. (laughs) But I never really got into anything actually practicing magic seriously practicing magic until after my dad passed so that was pretty much the catalyst that got me into Reiki and tarot and um it's kind of an interesting story I think I've told you the story before yeah 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 you have you've um I've heard parts of it before and it was what's the number the angel number that represents your dad is it seven four seven yeah yeah because actually today my Instagram following at one point was or I was following 747 people and I was like oh that's so interesting I'm talking to Bianca later on today that's so cool and it's been such a um yeah it's been such a beautiful thing to see how he shows up in my friend's life and in my boyfriend's life and just in Bali you know all the places Mm -hmm. where um I'm needing a little bit of reassurance. So um, for everyone who's listening, I lost my father about eight years ago. He had a brain aneurysm that ruptured. I know it's a little kind of a dark topic, but most of the time, (laughs) most of the time what I've seen, um, and it doesn't always have to happen this way, but for me and my personal experience, my spiritual awakening kind of happened with the death of my father. And So he was the first angel that I started communicating with. He started coming to me in my dreams and waking me up at 747 in the morning. So anytime I would dream of him, 
I would wake up at 747 <laughs> and I was like, this is interesting. And my dad would come to me and tell me that he was great, that he was doing well. We would talk. We were in this white room sitting on the couch and he would be telling me things to tell my grandma, to tell my mom, to tell my sister, and then talking about what he was doing and what my purpose was on, on earth and just interesting things that I never really talked much about until it started happening more frequently. And then um, he led me to Reiki. Mm -hmm. So um, I came back from Miami and I was in a very low state. And I came back and I was looking for, looking for guidance, looking for answers, looking for something because I wasn't feeling much like myself. And my friend Carolyn, she um, told me about a Reiki circle and I'd never heard of it. And for those of you who don't know, Reiki is a Japanese form of energy healing. Um, basically what it is, cleansing and clearing of your chakras, your energy centers. And I went not knowing anything about it. And I met my Reiki, now Reiki master. I laid on the table and she started working on me. I had a lot of emotional release, a lot of tears, a lot of things that were coming up. And at the end, she came up to me and pulled me aside and said, just so you know, your dad was with you this whole time. Wow. And I looked at her because I didn't even know, she didn't know that my dad was gone. Mm. So I looked at her kind of skeptical and I was like, what do you mean? And she said, well, your dad stands on your left side mm. and um, he was here with you. Mm. And, and she said, and he's encouraging me to tell you to, um, or invite you to take on part of it or take on Reiki as a part of your path. And I was like, no, I'm just here for just to be healed. I don't, I'm not, you know, that's how it always is though. <laughs> you, go, you go in to be, a, you never want to be a healer really. I mean, you just go in needing so much guidance and so much help. So then I asked her something, told me to ask her, when is the training? And it was on my birthday, June 30th. So that's when I started my, uh, my Reiki journey. And then at that time, my mom and my sister and I were not um, super close. And she saw what I was doing. I started picking up tarot, um, which is another thing that I got into. And she messaged me, reached out to me because after my dad passed, we weren't super close. And she wanted to reach out to me and see what I was up to and see what I was doing. And she said, I saw that you've been reading tarot because what you probably know is um, once you get into this world, you just want to do everything. You want to mm -hmm. read about the crystals. <laughs> you want to read about the geometry. You want to read about the tarot. And so um if, if, we, if we have space, I'll talk about how we got, how I specifically got into tarot, but turns out, long story short, that I am fourth generation tarot reader. My mom told me that she was in the Philippines. So it's been in my heritage, my lineage for, for a while. And I was just able to intuitively pick it up after some really intense learning, self-learning on my own and then start my journey. So here I am. Yeah. And did your dad, did he start communicating almost straight after he passed or was there some some time um, before he reached out to you? 
So what I, it was a while. (laughs) My dad, yeah, it was probably six, six years. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to be completely transparent. Um, I went off the deep end and got into things that were not good for me, drugs, partying, Mm -hmm. um, all that, you know, all the distractions. And then one day I was like, you know, I am really feeling sorry for myself. I'm not in a good space. I'm not working out. I have poor self-image. I am very pessimistic attitude. So then I started like going to yoga was the first Mm -hmm. thing that I did because I didn't want to go. I didn't know what to do with the gym. So I, so I enrolled at a gym, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to work out. So I was like, okay, yoga should be easy. Yoga should be, you know, something that someone's leading me through. So I'll be able to, and that kind of was the catalyst that broke me open. And then through yoga, I started meditating. And then after that started, my dad started coming to me whenever he saw that I could have space for the Mm. spiritual realm. Yeah. Amazing. So you had to almost start to clear the channel for him to, to come to you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think it's so common for us to just go to yoga as this, oh, let's get a little bit bendy, you know, get gentle. And then it's just this portal that opens you up to these different realms. And that was certainly similar for me and how we met as well. (laughs) So I mentioned at the start, we met when we went on our yoga teacher training. I was off finding myself in another, another trip of mine. And I was just so... I can't even think of when I decided I wanted to do the the yoga trip. Um, But I knew I wanted to do my yoga teacher training specifically in Bali, my second time going back to Bali. Um, And yeah, I just followed those intuitions and really trusted that was where I was meant to be going. I was doing that after the Base Camp Everest trek. So when I arrived to Bali initially, I was a little bit knackered, had a beautiful holiday, literally on my own for one week in paradise, just relaxing until I rocked up at the yoga teacher training. And for a while, I started having these like really strong synchronicities on the lead up to this big trip because I was making this big leap, this big jump. That's when I first came in contact with tarot myself. I just found myself on YouTube watching tarot readings, like so drawn into like taking notes, like sitting watching these YouTube videos, just like taking notes and notes and notes. And I didn't think um, so much of it and started getting these downloads and synchronicities of like Cleopatra I was like Cleopatra this Cleopatra that Um, (laughs) and then bringing us over to like when we're I was on the journey to the yoga um the place we're doing the yoga which is really um idyllic but on the way there I even was seeing like Cleo I think it's a brand of water in Bali but I was like that's a sign for something and you kind of save it in your like synchronicity bank in your brain then I get, you know, I'm a bit nervous rocking up. I get to this, um, get to the resort. And then I'm like getting ready. I meet my my roommate at the time, lovely Canadian girl, Dakota. And we're going to the opening ceremony. And I remember seeing you, Bianca. You're like <laughs> so glamorous, so gorgeous, dressed up very much high priestess vibes with your like crystal on your third eye. And then your tattoo as well. Um, because you've got the Egyptian tattoo and I was like oh my goodness it's Cleopatra I'm like I at that moment I was like this woman is definitely going to be like a huge impact on my life I don't know how I also also 
thought it was a little bit strange to be thinking these thoughts so I did hold back I didn't say anything for a while I was like this this is odd I mean if I talk about these thoughts like people are gonna think I'm bonkers it was before I was like I was truly experiencing anything like that before um and then yeah there was the story there's a different story from either side of us but there was the time when we're sitting we're sitting having I don't know what the lecture was on maybe it's philosophy or I don't know what was the, what what else we were talking about um, and then this like butterfly like so symbolic if that wasn't enough all those synchronicities leading up to Bianca at this point that I should you know be chatting and learning more about about Bianca and what maybe the connections that we had um, then this <laughs> I was remained quiet and then universe was like okay I'm gonna send you another sign and then we're sitting in the shala and a beautiful butterfly like flutters in and like just dances all around Bianca and then flutters <laughs> off and I was like okay right now we're gonna have to talk about this like what like what does this mean and these things and obviously now looking back on it like you ended up teaching me lots about the tarot and all these different um all these different spiritual practices you had that I was just opening the door like you're saying previously when you like open the door to tarot then you want to do this you want to do the reiki you want to know about crystals I was like how do I make an altar space like can we cut cords now and just wanting to do everything like straight um straight away but yeah it was it was so lovely but your interpretation of the butterfly was slightly different to mine and you were really connected with Ganesh yeah, and like so you just had those downloads that Ganesh was like looking after us all and yeah let's hear it from your side so, uh, first of all you got me crying girl like, oh. <laughs> anytime I think about Molly though I get a little emotional I get a don't you get a little emotional it just feels like such a dream yeah like, it, it seems feels like, like such a, like, such a magical <laughs> such a magical place so yeah anyone who's listening who hasn't gone to Bali highly highly recommend I can't wait to go back I want to get married there everyone come oh my gosh yes okay so yeah so before I went to Bali I got my Reiki master teacher certification in San Diego California and my Reiki master told me um you know that Ganesh was one of my guides. And I'd heard the name before, but I'd never researched, never researched. I didn't really know much about um, Ganesh. And so after that, I was like, okay. For the, and for those of you who don't know, one of the beautiful and incredible parts of Reiki or tarot is being able to connect with spirit guides and connecting with the unknown and connecting with Know, the the deities and the energies that lead us through life because each one of us has spirit guides that are are ushering us on our path um, to our highest and best self. So Christy, my Reiki master teacher, told me Ganesh is one of your guides and you'll be connecting with um, with him soon. And I was like, okay. So then I did a lot of research. Ganesh is the remover of obstacles. Blah blah blah. And I get to Bali. And literally Ganesh statues everywhere. I was like, whoa, this is so, I had no idea. And then I'm pretty sure, I, I'm, if I don't, if I remember correctly, I don't know, like, yeah, if what, if we were singing in that 
because my experience was Ganesh came to me in butterflies mm. in in the symbol of butterflies um, because for those of you who don't know Ganesha is the remover of obstacles so he we call upon him to help with a more aligned path and to not make your life easier but helps you to navigate and remove the obstacles out of your life so that way you can move forward powerfully and I'm pretty sure it wasn't one of the were we singing the mantra yeah yeah could we we could have been singing the mantra so I'm pretty sure that we were singing (laughs) the the mantra for Ganesha because we learned so one of our yoga teachers was teaching us um, a mantra for Ganesh and um and then this butterfly came in and I was like oh my gosh Ganesh is definitely one of my guides this is and I have goosebumps thinking about it I was like mm-hmm. oh my gosh this is a sign that so yeah our story is kind of like <laughs> intertwined and after you told me that I was like oh I saw that butterfly too oh my gosh yeah <laughs> and so how freaking cool um also, side note, I know this is completely random, but have you used that mantra since we've left Bali or have you ever used it in your practice um, at all? You know, I'd like to start bringing it into my practice. There was one random time, not too long ago, maybe a couple of months ago, I was just walking like through the park or walking through nature and it just like came into my mind, like from, mm-hmm. it felt like from nowhere and I just like sang it perfectly. And I take a little bit, lo- I took longer than most people to like learn it without just, you know, pretending I knew the words. So I was amazed that I still remembered it. And I don't know if that was just some of, you know, the um, people from the yoga retreat maybe connecting or thinking of one another or something, but yeah, I've not used it much. Have you, have you used it other than... No. okay so I was leaving Bali no yeah I was leaving Bali and I had all of my luggage but I kept all of my special sacred things so my tarot cards my crystal my high priestess crown I kept it all in a personal backpack um I remember taking my wallet and putting it in my pocket but I put everything all of my special things in a backpack and I put it in the back seat of the uber or the car the shuttle that was taking me to the airport And then I got all the way to almost my gate. So I literally had like 40 minutes until I was like leaving, like (laughs) out of there. And I realized that I didn't have my backpack with my tarot cards, my crystals, anything. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think I left it in the Uber. And granted, it's Bali, so people don't speak really great English. And there's so many, there's so much traffic. And I was literally like freaking out. So I called the hotel and I was I got the information of the driver and I tried calling back and forth and I wasn't getting a hold of anyone and so I was like okay just try one more like calm myself down and just call one more time so I called and he answered and he was like I don't know if I'm gonna make it I was like my plane leaves in 35 minutes will you please try to make it and he was like girl basically Mm. kind of like cussing me out like girl Mm. you are crazy no way (laughs) So then I sat outside and I sang the mantra to Ganesh, the remover of obstacles. And I just like was at peace. And I was like, if I'm meant to have these items, if I'm meant, and I also had my journal, my journal from Bali yeah. where I took all of my notes. I was like, if I'm meant to have it, it'll come. And I was out there singing the, singing the mantra like a crazy person. <laughs> in the of the it's Bali. I think everyone, maybe the people, people arriving would be like, like hmm. 
people leaving like, be like gotcha. <laughs> like at peace but also like tears coming down my face like oh and then he pulls up I was literally like okay I have this is not even kidding I was like I have five minutes before I have to go in or else I'm gonna miss my flight so that's way worse then he pulls up shaking his head at me hands it to me and I give him like whatever like just like I give him like this huge tip and I was like oh my gosh my guys are with me this is so cool and then I just remember being like wow magic is real and Ganesh is definitely my guide and I but you know whenever you just need one more clue we just need one more clue. <laughs> one more sign please universe one more sign so yeah anyways I just thought that was a great story because um and then so anytime I lose something or anytime life gets hard or anytime I'm in a dark space I'll say the mantra again because it always helps me to raise my vibration and be like okay the universe is always working in my favor if it's gonna happen it's gonna happen and if not then I'm gonna be okay so oh, I love that you know that's that's a nice reminder I'm gonna start singing like that mantra see what happens for me see what magic starts to appear in my life you, you give me it. so much like inspiration and faith with your stories and magic I think has really helped like allow more magic to come into my world and as well in that and that way even us sharing these stories um, and sharing them with the collective as well it can help open people's almost like subconscious mind when you think that you know something might not be possible or indeed I see it when some people think that magic isn't real when it's literally you know it's all around us um and yeah yeah it's just Oh, well, I'm just in all the world. No, and it's like once you start acknowledging it and mm. once you start saying thank you universe, thank you guides, thank you, thank you, thank you, then they're like, "Oh, she's aware, she's open. Let's send her more. Like, let's do it." And so that's what um and that's not to say that the spiritual life is all rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> However, I'm cuz we both know that it is not. <laughs> it's dark and heavy and ugly like sometimes. Um but yeah, the more like those who don't believe in miracles will not experience them. So yeah, you have to believe for them to show up. And you're like the queen manifester. Like you can just like, honestly, you think of something or we have something in convert, like we have a conversation. And then two seconds after we hang up the phone, you're like, send me a screenshot. Like, look, this has happened. Look, this has happened. And um, um, what, what advice would you give to people to, you know, speed up the manifestation process? Um, if they are you know working with spirit working with divine um, and they're just starting yeah. off yeah so it's really important for you to see what where you feel the energy in your body when you're making decisions and where it feels to you so some people operate from their heart space some people operate from their gut space um, so whenever you have these intuitive nudges, how do you feel energetically? Do you feel happy and uplifted? Do you feel scared and nervous? Because most of the time, whenever um, you're feeling nervous and scared, then it's not trusting your um, higher self and your intuition and you're being led from fear, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And how do you identify between the two? Because sometimes I know when I was starting out I'd be like slightly scared and excited and that was my intuition telling me yes go that was like the perfect biting point but at the same time if my anxiety got hold got hold of me it could be similar 
and hard to identify initially as to what was what was good and what was maybe not for me. Yeah, so what I've noticed is that most of the time your ego is what keeps you safe and has and gives you these um, negative or fearful thoughts and your intuition is more of like a whisper, like it's more mm-hmm. gentle. It's more of an inner knowing. It's more of something that you have to be still and peaceful to operate from. Most of the time, um, I get most of my intuitive insights and messages through meditation. And that's why also meditation is such a beautiful way to strengthen your intuition is because it's getting to your body to this relaxed state, this receptive state. So that way you can receive. And yeah, you might feel a little bit nervous, but most of the time, whenever there's this inner knowing, it should bring you an underlying feeling of peace. There might be a little bit of resistance, especially Mm -hmm. if it's something that is new and that you're not used to or a new idea or a concept, but there's an underlying feeling of peace. And these are things that you'll just have to start to play with and you'll start to have to start following them and then feeling into how you feel energetically while you're on that path. And then once you start living the path of alignment, then you'll be able to decide what is for you, what's a hell yes, and then what is something that's distracting you from your path and from your purpose. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's interesting you say, say that because I tend to feel my intuition from my heart space. Um, but if maybe something doesn't feel so right, then I feel it in my gut. So I have that contrast that I almost use both of them, but they're different tools and different signals and signs to me, like like each of them. And it's probably because I've been um, like in terms of language, you're always asked, oh, trust your gut instinct, your gut feeling. And it's usually in relation to things if it doesn't feel so right like if you're out and there's maybe some day and it's like oh my gut tells me no I don't never often associated with like oh yeah my gut's telling me yes it's all happy and light but mm-hmm. perhaps that's that's just me mm-hmm. but definitely that that contrast between the yeah. two yeah. love it mm. so you and your intuition and being so connected to the high priestess and what does the archetype of the high priestess mean mean to you? Gosh, so, so much. The, whenever I started reading tarot, I got really interested in the symbology of the cards and all the mm. art. And I know that's something that you really resonate with too. So you can learn a lot about the archetypes by looking into the symbology in the cards themselves. But for those of you who aren't tarot readers, what the high priestess means to me and symbolizes to me is Divine Feminine Wisdom, which is the inner knowing. Um, It's higher realms of consciousness. It is the occult and the mysteries. It's death, life, and rebirth. It's polarity of the Divine Feminine and the Divine Masculine, the yin and the yang. Um, It has ties to Egypt, um, to mythology, and the, the story of Persephone and the underworld. So there's so many aspects that are so fascinating and intriguing. And it also has a lot to do with intuition and the moon, which Mm. I practice a lot of moon magic and um, try to incorporate that into the cycles that I experience in life. Yeah. Oh, would you? Oh, there's a magpie at my window. Hello, Mr. Magpie. (laughs) 
just got distracted staring at us. Um, would you like to share the story or the connection with Egypt? I'd love to hear about it. It's not something oh. I'm super familiar with. Yeah, so, gosh, okay. So the Egyptian goddess Isis is also um, representative of the high priestess, and she was the goddess of the moon and of high magic, which is ceremonial magic, which is ritual magic. The high priestess also embodies the divine feminine, which in in um, comparison to the divine masculine, where the divine masculine is very action-oriented, the divine feminine is very receptive, and it's almost like an invitation. Um, and so... The ties to Egypt are the high priestess is in correlation to um, the Egyptian priestess Isis. And I've looked into how the tarot originated. And from what I've gathered, it came through the Silk Road, which is, I believe, the Chinese Silk Road. Mm -hmm. And um, the tarot contains messages and magic that were kind of hidden in these cards and their origination was from the places of Egypt and that's where the concept of using tarot as a form of and not playing cards as a form of divination which is essentially seeking unknown knowledge by supernatural means so it's just like the the origins of it and mm. the tying the tying in of the gods and goddesses and the archetypes into this beautiful deck that we use for tarot reading today yeah oh thank you I find it so interesting it's just something I've started diving into is Egypt and the history and the you know the links and spirituality reading the the flower of life at the moment I'm just a little bit into it so I'm sure I'll learn lots more as I go through it was a recommendation book from yourself and that's that's something else actually um I forgot about after the the Bali trip I or before and during I started um realizing the flower of life mm. and the sacred geometry and then it was yourself that I saw had had the ring I then copied you and got one myself <laughs> <laughs> like straight after I was like I would like one of those as well um and yeah that kind of opened that was one of the um another kind of something that my higher self or my intuition led me towards was like oh the flower of life what does this mean um, and you opened up that window what um sacred geometry are you drawn to at the moment is it still the flower of life or is there other hmm, wisdom that's a great, no that's a great question um yeah I would say for me, at this current moment, I'm actually not dabbling too much into sacred geometry. It's kind of been one of those things that has kind of taken a backseat to my craft. I'm more so, gosh, what am I focused on these days? Um, Metatron's Cube, have you heard of it? No, never. Enlighten me. So Metatron's Cube is also a form of sacred geometry, and I'm just starting to to um, dabble into that and learn more about it. But Metatron is actually an archangel. And he, he gosh, I, I should probably do some more research. Before I, talk about <laughs> it. I don't really know. I don't really know much about uh, much about that. But I do know that um, 
Yeah, gosh, I really do. I feel like this is just a this is just an indication that I should be getting back into sacred geometry because I haven't been like really dabbling into it very much. So that was an epic fail on my part. (laughs) No, it's okay. Sometimes we want to, you know, feel like we understand something thoroughly to to share it. I've been um, on a I'd say 30 days of meditation with Guru Mook, who we met in Bali. It's been so wholesome connecting to the Bali roots again and in these 30 days of meditation which is now just rolling on um we meet every day for half an hour meditation and he shares his wisdoms and things and that was something he's mentioned as well as that you know if you don't quite feel ready to share or or you know that you fully understand something not to yet um share it with others but um yes I know something you do know very well which is the moon and moon magic and all these these wonderful things so what are the best kind of tools or practices um, that you choose to connect to the moon yeah well first it's really important to kind of know the phases of the moon and how to use them because they each carry a very different energy So, for example, the new moons are a time of new um, manifestations and new beginnings. It's when you look in the sky and you don't see anything. Um, And that's the time where you're able to create. It's like a portal of energy. And so during the new moons, what I'll do is my manifestation work. So I'll journal the things that I want to call in. And so we just had the new moon in Taurus yesterday, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so Taurus, yeah, and so also incorporating the zodiac signs that the moon cycles fall under. So the new moon in Taurus, Taurus is an earth sign, a fixed earth sign, and deal, and was ruled by the planet Venus. So what that looks like is manifesting things in regards to financial wealth, in regards to luxury, in regards to the things, um, the extravagance in your life that we are all um, destined to have. And mm. so that's that's one um, aspect of moon magic is being able to depict which phase the moon is in. And then for the full moons, full moons are a time of release. So full moons are when you look in the sky and the moons are at its peak. And this is the time to release what's no longer serving you. What when it's time to do a lot of burning rituals, a lot of release mm-hmm. work, a lot of breath work, um, and so those are the things. Those are the practices. Taking like ritualistic baths, so like a salt bath, and releasing any energy that's been stuck in your body. Um, I do a light, lighting a lot of candles, always using candles, <laughs> um, and then knowing that. So then there's also the waxing moon and the waning moon. So to remember, I always say wax on wane off so the the waxing moon is whenever it goes from new moon to full moon and the waxing moon is whenever you're taking your manifestations that you created during the new moon and bringing life to them and propelling them forward with that life force energy and then I was born under a waning crescent moon which is the moon that's leading up to the full moon and that is a type of introspection of self-reflection a time of really sitting with yourself and getting a little bit emotional and um, feeling into and that's probably why I'm such an emotional being and that's why I feel so comfortable like crying and encouraging other people to do the same because release work is so important 
we have to release what no longer serves us so that way we can make room for the things that do. Um, and then also that also ties into the high priestess card because the high priestess crown that she wears is a combination of the waning crescent, the full moon, and the waxing crescent, which is really cool. Mm, it's so interesting. I had to just look up there where what moon I was born under because I was like, I'm so intrigued. I actually don't know. Um, so the moon phase um, for its 22nd of September 1994 is the waning gibbous. Oh, very cool. So yeah, that's mm. so basically, yeah, there, I mean, there's technically what, six um, six or seven, I believe, moon phases, and it's just depending on how thick, how thicky thick the um, <laughs> <laughs> the crescent is. Yeah. So. Fabulous. Real technical terms. Thicky thick. Mm-hmm. You know the one. <laughs> yeah. So, as well as that, is there um, anything you'd advise changing on, like, if you had an altar space during the different phases of the moon, like? Or do you just keep your altar the same, like, throughout the full, like, the full moon cycle and change it? Yeah, I mean, it just, for me, an altar is a sacred space. It is where you invite your guides to work with you. It is where you create your magic. It is where you, um, where you meditate. And so the most important part of any altar space is making sure that it's your own. Um, and so, yeah, you can be, you know, you can switch up your, your altar space for the moon magic. However, I would say if you're just starting out or if you're just wanting to get started in altar magic, it's important just to be very intentional with the pieces that you put in your altar, for example, knowing exactly where you get the um, the items, are they are they cleansed and cleared before you mm. put them on the art altar? Um, are they representative of the things that you're wanting to invite into your life? So for like the spring or like the new moon, like fresh flowers, um, newness, new beginnings, um, even putting like money on um, on your altar if you're wanting to invite that into your life for the new moons, and then. For the full moons, I always do like my. I'll put my a cup of water for to collect my my full moon water and to charge my crystals under the full moon. So making sure that you're just um, creating an altar that speaks to you and also mm. spe- speaks to your guides. So once you start working with your guides, you'll know kind of the things that they like. So Ganesh really likes treats and candies and you know adding that to your altar um mary magdalene which is someone that i've been working with a lot lately um she has ties to egypt and isis as well she really um represents or um really likes roses and roses are the highest vibrational flower and so having those on your altar space is important and then another thing to take into consideration is the elements so fire, candles, um, and then having something that depicts air. So a, um, what do you call it? One of those. Bell. Like a wind, yeah. Oh, wind chime. A, <laughs> a bell or a wind chime. Yeah. So I have like this little bell, which I will like, if I create a crystal grid or something, I'll activate it with, with this. And so keeping you know, making it your own and having remembering that it's 
it's fun and this is your altar we talk about raising your vibration doing <laughs> any type of magic you literally become a beacon for the things that you want my phone has been blowing up and we, we lost connection and all these things are happening it's like further confirmation that when you're doing and practicing your magic you become so magnetic so for everyone everyone that needed to hear that be in your magic, be in your element, be in your intuition, and you will become so magnetic. So uh, that being said, fire, candles, element fire, air, using some type of, um, what I, I like drawing a blank, you know, what are they, like those air diffusers, like an oil diffuser, using a bell to activate your crystal grids or to call upon your angels, and then earth. So I always will have a plant, some type of, um, earth element um, or even crystals that are associated with mother earth so anything that's like red or black or green um, green crystals that can draw on like the heartbeat of mother earth or just like I said a plant and then water so having a glass of water and that also doubles for your spirit guides so it's literally an offering to your guides having water for them to come and drink that's what one of my first um Alter magic practitioners told me about is having something for your guides and also it represents the element water. So, yeah, alter magic, oh. alter magic, alter magic <laughs> 101. Thank you so much, Bianca. Um, it's been so wonderful to have you on here sharing all your, you know, your spiritual experiences, how you got into, you know, not just tarot, but this whole, whole new world that emerges. And you share so many services with the world. You want to tell the listeners where they can find you at, what your handles are and what social media platforms you're on. Yeah, so I do most of my work on Instagram. My Instagram is earth.oracle, and that is a name that came to me in the shower. I, <laughs> I, what I've noticed, so I don't know why, but this is coming through, so I guess a little bit of last minute um, information is the psychic, is psychic abilities. That's something mm. that I have felt really strongly in helping people cultivate and create, and we all have access to them. We all have these abilities that we have kind of lost sight of. Um, and so my strongest psychic ability is clear cognizance, and that is a clear knowing. That's what clear cognizance means. And it is a very open and active crown chakra, which is at the top of your head. And that's why I get most of my downloads in the shower when the water hits my head or whenever I am at peace or whenever I'm getting, um, whenever I am submerged or around water or that shower, it feels like a little portal. Right. Mm. Um, and then the other psychic abilities are clairvoyance, which is, are you familiar with these? You know, um, yes and no, like, um, please explain. It's, it's great to know. Okay, I'm just so I'm just new to understanding exactly what they are because I resonate with more most of them other than clear audience. I don't really hear like mm. hear hear things. I more feel yeah. things, and it's like I just know that something's right. Right. So um, so yeah, clear clear cognizance was the first thing mm -hmm. that happened whenever I started to just know things. 
Um, but that didn't make sense. And then if you saw my aura picture, you could see that it's just like purple all around my crown, around the top of my head, which just made so much sense to me. And then clairvoyance is the gift of sight. So clear vision. So that's your third eye. And that's people who are able to see things. So if you're a visionary and you are able to visualize things more clearly, that might be your gateway psychic ability. Um, clairsentience is kind of like what you said where you can or or an empath so an empath and clairsentience are a little bit different an empath is someone who can feel things very deeply kind of can feel the emotions of others and can kind of cry at the drop of a hat clairsentience is more so when you pick something up and you can feel the person whose item is associated with it or people who can sit down in a chair and um, feel the emotions of the person that was just in that chair. Um, and then also being able to like look at a picture and see, um, and they all kind of like inter intertwine, but being able to look at a picture and see how someone's feeling and their emotions. And then clear audience, like you mentioned, is whenever you hear audio uh, messages. And this always starts with like an ear ringing. Um, being paying attention to the side of the the side of the head that you experience that so the right side or the left side um, and then getting divine guidance through through your ear canal <laughs> mm, that's so <laughs> interesting because that's actually something my partner Shander he started to experience but I didn't realize that could be related to like you know um the the clear the clears as they call yeah, it I think so it's the clears. Yeah, so it's really interesting because if someone were to, if you were to hear your guide's voice, like a man or a woman talking into your ear, you'd probably freak out, right? <laughs> However, that's how you start picking up on those little nuances is, is you're starting to pick up on the high vibrations because dimensions where the spirit guides lives aren't a place, they're a state of mind. They're all, we all coexist in the same space they're just layers to the existence so whenever you hear it's because you're being able to tap in to a higher dimension and a higher frequency and it's starting it starts off with ringing and then when you feel comfortable with that that's when people start here and <laughs> I got to the point where I started hearing people say or same and then it was like freaked me out so then I was like all right we're done with that for a little bit <laughs> then it starts becoming then it starts becoming like more audible messages yeah. and then if if that's the if that's the gift you choose to tap into then uh then you'll be getting more concrete words or yeah. words in your ears which is interesting so would it still be clear audience if you know, you got a download or a sign in synchronicity, maybe from a conversation with somebody or you overheard somebody in the street, or is that something entirely different? Um, that's a good question. I am not, I guess it's, so let me just preface with, I am not the most knowledgeable, not knowledgeable, I am not the most knowledgeable. I do not know everything. I just, I can just speak from my experiences. I think that whenever we get those, uh, whenever we get those um, insights from people or from conversations or from on the radio, those are just us like living in alignment, picking up on that source energy and being in, being, um, yeah, being in alignment with our guides. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Mm, that's so interesting I'll need to have a chat with Shandor I always knew he's like so psychic and he's just only scratching the surface of his his abilities he's a real visual like he'll dream up his ideas like I'm so jealous all my dreams I'm just like running away from people <laughs> like the bad guys and he's like having these divine downloads of like what his next business idea is gonna be and you know like a book idea I'm like why is this murderer chasing me in my dreams? I'm sure that has its own crazy meaning. No, and, and, and that's another that's a good point is whenever you want it so badly, sometimes you end up blocking yourself from it. So it's important for you. I have the same way. My partner is extremely psychic and he does not even try. It's because he just like allows it to happen. And here I am, you know, I've spent, I've read so many books and spent countless times with mentors to kind of cultivate and create and that's one way to strengthen it and some people are just naturally born with the abilities so yeah yeah so what is it you do have to offer um offer to to people at the moment yeah so I have this beautiful program called soul coaching that I just started I've had um, several amazing experiences and it was kind of an idea that was gifted to me by the universe Um, basically we go through aspects of human design, astrology, Ayurvedic medicine, and it can be a four, four week container as far um, up to a 12 week container. So one to three months of one on one calls to help you get in touch with your psychic abilities with your intuition with your spiritual journey with your meditation practice everything every client of mine is completely different, and completely beautiful. I have one that's, you know, wanting to find their soulmate and we're so we're having conscious connections conscious conversations that they would talk about with their partner I have one person that wants to learn about candle magic and divination I have another one that wants to understand their um you know their birth chart on a deeper level so soul coaching is different from everyone and it's definitely catered to the individual I also teach Reiki and do tarot readings so um yeah those are my that's my life's work at this point I'm so blessed to be able to do it so you're interested come my way yeah definitely Bianca's amazing it's who I go to for my tarot readings as well when I need an insight and you've just been my my whole inspiration for even getting started in this realm of work so honestly I cannot express how much love and gratitude I have for you it's been such a gift to be meeting with you today and yeah sharing your story sharing our story and having love for all things spiritual (laughs) Absolutely, Hannah. It's such a pleasure, and I continue to be inspired by you. Um, it's been an honor to be on this and to see you grow and evolve and just completely take the tarot world by storm. <laughs> so it's such an inspiration, really. So I love you so much. Thank you, and good night. <laughs>